Hi everyone, I'm Maria Theoharis or Velosos and this is So Organised Style Podcast. So Organised Style Podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognises the continuing connection to lands, waters and community. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. A big sponsor shout out goes to our two podcast friends and sponsors, the Australian Sewing Guild, who has been our Monday Daily Series regular, is now a sponsor of Sew Organised Style Podcast. Go to ozsew.org to check out the online workshops, sew-alongs, skills library and more. Our second sponsor is Tatiana's School of Couture as she launches it online. Go to her website to see her new online sewing classes and patterns. Welcome back to the Sewing Safe series on Sew Organised Style Podcasts. Today we're welcoming back Sue Stoney, the originator of the Sewing Safe series or Hiding the Crime. Uh, oh, perfect. How <laughs> are you? Great, Sue. How are you? I'm really good. Really good. The weather is picking up and yeah no it's lovely that's great so the important question is did you end up getting your perth frocktails ticket i did i did i set my alarm and i must have been there i must be close to one of the first i would have thought but anyway no um so now the question is what the devil to wear yeah <laughs> I've actually been through my wardrobe and looked at things. I've got a really lovely Lurex knit dress, very simple, that I made about 20 years ago, maybe longer. And I think, oh, should I just wear that? It's a real cocktail dress. I made it for a cocktail party back then. and But then the lure of the new, anyway. It's great to have options. It is. I have got many options, let me tell you, Maria. <laughs> I can imagine, Sue. I've seen a lot oh. of them. <laughs> so you know that Sue's Sewing Same has really taken off. I've listened to lots. Well, I think, think I've listened to all of them. It's so interesting, all the different things. I've got a couple today. This is a pair of blink shorts. Yes, and see that the pattern matches across the front. Yeah. I don't know where my head was when I made these. I had the tiniest bit of fabric. It The pattern was printed off grain. Hmm. I made them, put the waistband on. The only thing I hadn't done was the button and the buttonhole. I put them on to find that I didn't take any photos, sadly, because I was so upset. Hmm. Like this was down here so it was completely the pattern was completely wrong and I looked at them and I thought I just can't wear those mm. I had no fabric left or scraps tiny scraps so I unpicked them completely waistband off I didn't take the pockets out and in fact I don't know I can't remember because the side seams were good and the back was good, but I unpicked, I think, the two sides when I say I unpicked them completely. And, and actually, I did unpick them completely. That's right. 
because I laid the pattern on to see what I could do with it. And you know, when you've got a crotch curve and you have to drop the pattern by what? That's a good three centimeters each pattern. We have to really basically remake them. So I inserted a piece on the inside leg. So I cut a piece off the top of the left side and added a piece at the bottom on the crotch curve on the left side. And that's where you got your length from. And that's where I got the length from. And I mean, okay, my pattern matching isn't brilliant, but at least it's straight. And I feel as though I can live with that. So I think this is a common thing because I've seen trousers and shorts in shops that have identical problem. Hmm. Uh, if you cut it upside down, you have no chance. But, and I've seen that in very expensive shops. But where you've got a little bit of spare fabric, you take, the, take them apart, add the fabric in, you've got to work out the grain and everything, make sure that all works, and then recut them, cut off the top, add, that's been added in, they're recut so the crotch curve is right, and then you just basically sew them back together. And a pair of shorts that were unwearable, I've worn these a lot and you can't, you absolutely, from a distance, even close up. And in fact, when I blogged these, I'd forgotten I'd done that because I'd worn them a few times and I'd forgotten. So I might need to do a little blog post on that. So just a quick and dirty blog post. And that was really all I had to do to save them. And I've worn them to death. The other sewing save, and probably if I'd left it alone, it probably would have fitted me now. But anyway, so this is the Merchant and Mills Gaio top. Yes. And I got this fabric as a remnant online. It was part of a prize that I won. And when it came, I noticed that it must have been the end of a roll and it had a a seam added in, and I'm looking for it. They'd, do they print a fabric in a circle? Because it had this seam in it that is so exquisitely pattern matched, but it's there. I knew it was there. And so I tried to avoid it when I cut out. It also had creases in the fabric. Okay. So when the fabric was printed, where there was a crease, I had these white stripes everywhere. Yeah. I was a tiny bit disappointed, I won't lie to you, but I got on with it and because I adore the colours in this. I can see why. Yes. I'd never made a Merchant Hermel's pattern before, so I found my size and didn't read the instructions and... The pattern is laid on the fabric flat, so it's not folded. The fabric isn't folded. Oh, okay, okay. Single, a single piece of fabric, all right side up, except the two facings, which you put on wrong side up. Go figure. <laughs> so I laid it all out, had everything the right way, and then started messing about to avoid the white strips. 
and I cut it out and left it to sew the next day. That night, I woke up in the middle of the night thinking, people so I can see one of those facings as being the wrong way up. You know, in fact, the right way up instead of the wrong way up. Got up quite early the next morning and yes, sure enough, one of the facings was wrong. So I set about cutting out a new facing from tiny bits of scrap. Oh, well, reasonable bits of scrap, but thinking, well, it won't matter if those white, where the, the white strips where, where the, the creases were printing yeah. has been. Yep, that's okay. Cut it out, went to sew the whole thing together, and I now had two facings that were the oh. wrong way up. I, I don't know what I'd done. I had one facing the right way you know, with this bit showing and two with this bit showing. All interfaced. Oh, so then I had to cut a third facing or a fourth facing, in fact. And this facing, this is the one, it's the back facing. It's in four pieces, this facing. So it's got one, two three and then it had it's got vertical joints on oh, no, it's in five pieces vertical joints and horizontal joints it's got joints everywhere and I didn't bother with pattern matching it's a facing yeah so I sewed it all together put it on and I couldn't breathe <laughs> thought well what's wrong with this because I cut I found my size and cut the size up, which was two centimetres bigger than me, but mm -hmm. I couldn't breathe. Went back to the pattern, and, of course, the sizing is the finished sizing oh. with no ease at all. So there's an interesting thing. And, of course, you get so used to it, don't you? You pick your size and away you go. Who reads the fine print? Certainly not me. I bet everybody else does. But no, I, I don't either. I've done this. Anyway, keep going, Sue. So, again, I had a choice. Would I turn this into really nice pockets or would I have a go at fixing it, given I'd already done this? Now, I had my two facings that I hadn't used because I'd cut them incorrectly. So I thought, okay, I am going to cut new sides and put a panel in at the side and just see how that goes. So I have a panel, hard to see, that's sort of basically shaped. So it starts quite thin at the top and flares out at the bottom. It has the flaws in it. I couldn't do anything about that, but really, you know, you can't actually see them that well. And of course I had to then do the same thing with the facing. So it went on and on. And I did that both sides using, I honestly, I used every bit of fabric, including, you know, the damaged fabric. But to be honest, who'd know? Nobody'd know. And I've got a top that I've actually even worn on a warm day in winter. And certainly I've worn it a couple of times in the spring and just put a cardigan or something over the top. I really like it. So this was a size eight, I think. Right. So then I thought, well, I'll make another one, you know, just to show I can, because the straps are probably a little bit 
close in and the darts are too high and you can't do anything about the darts because they're those big darts that are they're cut in so I that's a size eight I consulted some books and it said you need 10 centimeters of ease so I went up to the 12 and I made that and the 12 is too big <laughs> I will say that this pattern has a 1.5 centimetre seam right. allowance. And I was grateful for every centimetre, little millimetre on this one. On the one that's a bit big and the darts are kind of down here somewhere and the, the shoulder straps are too far out, you know. So here we go. I've decided I can live with it and I'll wear it, but... I've lent the pattern to somebody when I get it back, I'm making the 10. If I can place it for the third time. But I think, I mean, a common problem that people have is not realising that seam allowances aren't included, because I've done that one as well, and this business of the finished measurements. So Merchant and Mills don't give you your the measurement and then they tell you, what that finish is up mm -hmm. as. The measurement they give you is finished measurement of the garment, which I know people love, but I don't because I never know how much ease I need. I mean, how much ease? Do you know how much ease you need? I had to Google it because I had two centimetres of ease mm -hmm. with this and I had no ease at all, really. I could barely get it on. I couldn't make the back facing sit flat. So, uh, yes, a problem. The other thing with ease is you did the, you know, the right thing and you went to resources, reputable resources to try and figure out, okay, what would the ease be? I think that's a really great way of figuring it out as a standard, but as someone who is petite like mm -hmm. myself and who has a body that keeps changing shape depending yeah. on the weather, and depending on whether I'm sitting down all day because I'm working from home or not, I'll actually get the tape measure and whatever the finished garment width is supposed to be, I'll actually wrap the tape measure around me and just wiggle it and see if that's enough room. And if it's too much, then I'll see what would have been a good one and then that's what I go with. And that's, that is um, what I use. I use that, the basis of that for my adjustments. That's actually a great plan. And if I'd had my wits about me, I could have, uh, because I retraced the pattern. Yeah. And I was down at our holiday place. I just happened to have it. If I'd had my wits about me, I could have sewn my tracing together and had a look. And then maybe because it was too big, taken a bit out of the centre front and back, which would have brought everything in. But, of course, you know, I get too excited and away I go and... I check the finished garment measure in that way when I'm not rushing. But when I am rushing, like you've just described, everything goes crazy. I try not to rush, but I get excited. I want, to, I want to see it finish. So, that yes, that's a bit of a problem. But I think almost any garment problem can be solved with a bit of lateral thinking it's also very good for our brain to do the problem solving so I never I get I mean I get annoyed with myself but I don't despair because I think well okay here's a problem that I've got to solve 
might go for a walk and think about it, have a swim, think about it, even sleep on it, and then think, oh, yeah, I'll take it apart. I always start with taking the whole thing apart. Yeah. Because I found retrofitting to a made-up garment does not work for me. I can't get things on grain. So if I take it apart, sort of fabricate what my son calls a fabric cobble, fabricate the changes and then re-sew the garment, it seems to work well for me. But everyone has their own way of doing it. They do, don't they? They do. That's why you have lots of people on here telling you how they do their bits, which is great. I'm really thankful that you've started off this Sewing Save series, Sue, because it's led to so many people saying, oh, I've got this, and they're happy to come on and talk it through with everyone. It's wonderful. In fact, I love all of your podcasts, the So Over 50 ones, which are, yeah, they're all inspirational in their own way. I love hearing about people and how they got into sewing and where they've come from. And the reach is amazing. Love it. It's the one thing that I think technology has given us these days is the ability to connect with people globally, different mm-hmm. cultures, and uh, mm everything it's wonderful it's a nice thing to I listen in the car quite often you know Mm -hmm. if I'm on a long drive I'll stick on the the podcast and I might listen to three or four at once or if I'm not going anywhere I'll sit in my sewing room and just turn it on but if I'm sewing I don't listen as well yes I'm the same People who can watch Netflix while they're sewing, I'm in awe because I have to concentrate. I mean, they're both quite simple saves, really, that anybody could do Mm. um, if they were daft enough to make the mistake. (laughs) (laughs) And mistakes made with a lot of excitement and enthusiasm behind them. Yes. It's a lot of swearing, I have to tell you. (laughs) I need a, an anti-blue filter in my sewing room because the air gets blue sometimes. But it's quite good. You know, I look at it and I think, no, I'm not wasting that beautiful fabric. I'm going to fix this. So I think you can save almost anything. Not everything, but almost. Wonderful. As your other interviewees will attest. Exactly. They save, they mend, they do whatever they can. That's it. And they love it. They absolutely love it. Yep. I think that's the thing. It it really is a a passion, hey? Thank you. Have a great time at Perth Frock Towels. That's November, so the November theme fits Frock Towels very nicely. So maybe I will make something new just (laughs) just for the hell of it. I'm trying not to make too much new stuff all the time. I used to make something almost every day. Now it's one thing a week. So listeners, thanks again for listening to us on So Organised Style Podcast Sewing Save Series. And today we had Sue Stoney. So thanks again, Sue. Thank you, Maria. And goodbye. Have a lovely day, listeners. This episode of So Organised Style Podcast was produced by me, Maria P. Harris, with permission of Sue Stoney, sound by bensound.com. You can subscribe to So Organised Style Podcast, spelt with an S, not a Z, on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, CastBox, and Libsyn, our podcast distributor. 
post any questions or podcast suggestions on our podcast Instagram account or our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.